you have your Bibles this morning, I need you to turn to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. You're going to be looking in chapter number 12. Matthew chapter 12. We're going to be looking at just two verses, but you all know the story. We're going to be looking at verse 10, and we're going to be looking at verse number 13. And so before we get in to the reading of the text, I do need to remind you, uh, Brother Addison has probably already said, I just told him if he would announce it and he forgot. I didn't forget. Sort of. But uh, uh, if you have a student that's going to uh, Hearts on Fire, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, if you have a student uh, that's going to be going, you need to meet with Brother Addison right after this morning's uh, uh, service in the Jubilee, okay? So parents, if you have students going to Hearts on Fire, you need to go very important meeting. Uh, it's going to be in the Jubilee, okay? So I just want you to be aware of that. Uh, you have found yourself in chapter 12 of Matthew. This is a very familiar story. Uh, last week we looked at uh, another familiar story about the two blind men and how Jesus uh, came and as he passed by, and uh, they called upon him and uh, cried out to him. And of course, the Lord Jesus uh, touched them and made them whole. Well, we're coming now to where there is a, another man that has encountered the Lord Jesus. It's a man with a withered hand. And there's a number of things that we look at before we get into the, the heart of the text First of all, looking in verse number 10, this is what the Bible says. And it says, and behold, I want you to underline that word. It's a very important word we're going to look a little further into in just a moment. And it says, behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? that they might accuse him. Now, there's a whole lot we can say about that. But notice here, there's a man that has a need. Uh, it's quite evident that he has a need. He has a withered hand. The word withered means a, a crippled hand. It was probably drawn up and he could not use that hand and presented problems for him. And so he's uh, in the service. And uh, notice the religious folk... Uh, they weren't concerned about this man's need. I, I want you to understand, religion will never ever meet your need. Matter of fact, it'll give you even more problems. Amen? And so we see here uh, that they were not concerned about this man's need, but Jesus was. <laughs> uh, aren't you glad? Nobody else may care about your need, but Jesus cares about your need this morning. And, but and then I want you to drop down to verse number 13. Verse number 13. This is what the Word says. Then said he to the man, this is Jesus speaking, stretch forth thy hand and he stretched it forth and it was restored whole like is the other by God's grace these next few moments that we have we're going to look at a man with a withered hand I already made uh, reference to that word behold now, if you're not careful, you can just kind of skip over that. But that word is a very significant word. The word behold means 
attention was paid. Now understand, the man was in a church service. There was a crowd gathered there, and we already said that there were some that were more interested, uh, and if Jesus was going to do any healing on the Sabbath, they weren't concerned about this man's condition. And, and so uh, maybe this man had been uh, uh, coming to this church for quite some time. I want you to be uh, conscious, and I want you to be sensitive to those set around you. You never know what need they have brought in today. You never know what's going on in that person's life that you're sitting around. In a crowd this size, oh, if we're not careful, we can just pass by people and we may acknowledge them, we may uh, give them a tip of the hat or we may even say hello to them, but we just kind of go on. And, and we're just not really caught up on what may be going on with them. And so here we see that uh, many times over that many people do not get recognized in the service. Now there's time to time uh, that we will recognize people. We recognize Brother Nick last Sunday. and There's other times when someone's going to be able to have their name mentioned. It may be a dedication or a baptism, whatever the case may be. There's someone that will get recognized. But let's go ahead and cut to the chase. Many of us, when we're coming here, will never be recognized publicly. But aren't you glad Jesus recognizes you every time you show up? Jesus recognized the fact. Behold... There was a man. Now, this man had a need. Now, what does that have to do with me? Well, we see that we all have withered hands from time to time. Maybe they're not as noticeable, but we all have a withered hand. This man had a need. And this need, oh, Jesus recognized. Now, oh, maybe you're like me and uh, you'll go and get off the interstate and you see people there on the corner and we're not going to get into all of that or why they're there and all those type of things. But we'll just be honest. Many times we just pass them by, don't we? Many times we just don't make eye contact with them. Hey, just don't make eye contact with them. When we were in Honduras and we were driving uh, the streets of Honduras, which I'm telling you, if uh, you want to enhance your prayer life, ride through the streets of Honduras. It will, it will get you on your knees. You will be crying out to God. God, please let me make it to my destination. But uh, we were told there were people there at the traffic lights and they were coming. They'll come up to your uh, window and there was a little boy one day and uh, he came with a squeegee uh, and he was going to wash the windows of the truck that we were in. But there was only a, a slight little problem. He didn't have any water. He just had the squeegee. And so he just kind of, you know, squeezed down there. And of course, he's asking for money. And we were told, just don't make eye contact with them. They're here all the time. And we have the same problem. And, and I'm not getting into oh, all of that, but the, pro, the, the issue is here is that we pass by people every single day and we just try to get them out of our mind or we just don't want to deal with them. But Jesus never will do you like that. Jesus always concerned about where you're at. Jesus is also concerned about your withered hand. Every one of us this morning have brought in a withered hand. Every one of us here this morning has a need. Nobody else knows about it and maybe somebody knows about it but they don't care. But I'm telling you, Jesus cares about your need this morning. And so we see uh, that he's...
had a withered hand. But also, I want you to look at the person that was spoken to. He was a man. He was a hopeless man. He was a man that no doesn't scripture don't know how long he'd had this withered hand, but he came to a point in his life to where he felt like he was hopeless. He's had this hand, it's it's, uh, hindered him from providing for his family. Uh, And he's going around and he has that same uh, ideal in his head. Nobody really cares about me and my need. He was in a hopeless situation. There could very well be somebody here this morning that has a withered hand and you feel like it's a hopeless situation. Uh, I don't know, It maybe your withered hand is that you have an addiction problem. Maybe uh, you have a problem with your anger. Uh, maybe you have a problem with jealousy. Maybe you, what, we, we could go on down through the list, but you have a withered hand and you feel like you're in a hopeless situation. Now why would you say I'm in a hopeless situation? Because you've come to say things like, well I've always been like this. I've talked to people. They have the issue, and they come to me and says, well, "Brother Mike, I, I just have this issue with my anger. I just blow up on people." I said, "Well, how, and, and I just come to, uh, and I said, well, you know, that's not good to, to, to have that, and you really need to uh, pray about that." Well, Brother Mike, I've always been like this, and when you're in that situation, you're hopeless. I, I, I've tried to work on this. I, I've, I've gone to some meetings. Uh, maybe it's an alcohol issue or, 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 or a prescription drug issue. And, and you said, I've went to those meetings and uh, I, those meetings haven't helped me. And, I, and I, I've, I've tried to do this and I've tried to do this. And you come to think, I'm just in a hopeless situation. My dear friend, when Jesus shows up, your hopeless condition can turn into be a hopeful situation. Why? Because He is hope. He's your hope. You are not in a hopeless situation. But then there's also this thinking. Notice we had the two blind men. Remember we see that Jesus lamed a crippled man. He couldn't even get up and walk. Remember Darius' daughter. She was dead. She was resurrected. And maybe this man looks around and he says, you know what, I know it's a hopeless situation. I know this has been a hindrance to me. But compared uh, to the blind man, my situation is not uh, quite as important. Or uh, compared to uh, uh, Darius's daughter, I mean, that's remarkable. I mean, she was dead, now she's alive. But I'm able to walk around and, and I can uh, get around and I don't have any lack of mobility. I just have a withered hand. And it could be that you're here this morning and there is a, uh, a burden, there is a sin in your life that's not known, it's not very open, it doesn't seem compared to uh, someone who's just got out of prison uh, or as someone who's there at Skid Row or someone that's at the rescue mission and you say, well, you know what? My problem is not as bad as some other people's problem. I'm telling you, if it's a problem, it's a major problem problem and it's a problem that will cause you to be hindered to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever your withered hand is, it's a big thing. 
It's something that you do not need to make light of. It's something that you just need to explain away. You have an issue, and the issue is, you have, spiritually speaking, you've been crippled, and you're not able to be all that you need to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. But He's come to tell you today, there's hope for your condition. You're not hopeless. You can be hopeful because Jesus says, I am your hope. And so we see the man. And notice also that uh, he was uh, hopeless, but he also was given a command. He was a given command to stretch forth his hand. Now this command was a command he could not obey. Okay? Because if he could have done it, he had already done it by now, right? You're here this morning, and you know you have a withered hand. You know there's a sin that uh, the Bible says so easily besets you. You understand that you have some issues in your life. You understand that you have a burden that you've been carrying around. And you're not able to take care of it because if you could take care of it, you were already taken care of it, right? So Jesus here gives this man a command that he cannot obey. Why, is, why would Jesus do something? Because Jesus understood him and himself, he cannot stretch out his hand, but with him and him touching this man, he can obey the command. You just got to open up your hand. Remember last week we see Jesus asked the question, do you, do you believe I am able? He's asking again this morning, do you believe I am able to take care of your withered hand? Do you believe that I'm able to take care of what's brought you here and to where the point in your life is that you are in a hopeless situation, you have been given a command that you cannot obey? Do you think I am able? And blind men said, he's able. And we're going to see this man with a crippled hand said, he's able. So we see the person... That was spoken to, but look at the person that was doing the speaking, the Lord Jesus. Jesus is not asking a question, he's making a statement. He says, Stretch out your hand. We see with a blind man, though, he made a statement Do you believe? See, when the Lord has a statement, or if he asks a question, or if you ask him a question, he always has an answer. Okay, he just doesn't randomly go around and say, hey, stretch out your hand. Unless he knows he can take care of the problem. Do you understand today? No matter what your problem is, no matter what that sin has crippled you, no matter what you have in uh, that need today, you need to understand by faith, you need to understand he already has the answer for you. It's not something like he says, okay, what's the problem? You've got a crippled hand. Okay, let me, um, hey, why don't you go ahead and stretch, stretch that hand out, and then I'll kind of process this thing through, and we'll, we'll jump through some more hoops, and then I'll see if I... No, no, no. He said to stretch out your hand. He's telling you to stretch out your hand because he already knows he has the answer to your problem. Okay? And, and so, uh, what does... Uh, 
He says, now when Jesus asks a question, it's not because Jesus doesn't know the answer. The reason why he asks the question is because he wants you to know the answer. Um, But when he makes a statement, he doesn't randomly make a statement. He already has the solution to the problem. David, uh, in Psalms 51, verse number 10, David says, he's asking the Lord, Lord, would you create in me a new heart? David, we know, uh, he has been uh, a sinful relationship. He's committed adultery. He's been accessory to murder. And then he recognizes that he has sinned against God. And so now he's crying out to God. He says, Lord, will you create in me a new heart? It could be there's someone here today that in your heart you're crying out to the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, can you create in me a new heart? Well, the answer has already been given because a little later on in Ezekiel, uh, this is the Lord speaking, the Lord says a new heart uh, also will I give you. Isn't that good? He already had the answer. See, the Lord says, whatever question you ask, I already have the answer. Whatever your problem is, I already have the solution. Whatever sin that has hindered you, I can deliver you from that. I want you to know today, I'm, 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 I am fairly convinced that God can do anything and God can take care of every need. We just got to ask you got to ask. It's an issue of faith. He says, well, I don't know about that faith. You exercise faith every day. Before you came in, now I didn't sit here and watch everybody, but I think I'm pretty confident in this. Every one of you that sit down in that pew, you did not get under that pew and make sure there was enough screws attached to that thing. You didn't go ahead and test and make sure uh, the wood that it's made out of was strong enough to hold you. you no, I didn't see anybody getting under the thing. You think this thing's going to hold me? You came in, you plopped down. That's faith. Right? That's faith. When you go out into the parking lot, You're not going, the first thing you're not going to do is to open the hood of your car and make sure, uh, uh, and get your battery tester out and make sure your battery's run or you're going to look and make sure everything's connected like it is. You're going to get in the car and you're going to turn the key. That's a picture of faith. Many of you, when you leave here, you can go ahead and count it. You're going to look at other ways to avoid this traffic light down here at the end of the road because you know, you know, you know that you're going to be hung up at that light. And everybody else is going to beat you to the restaurant that you're wanting to go to. So you're cutting through yards. You're going through Upton Heights. You're going through all kinds of things. You're going out the back way. You're going through all Why? Well, that's faith. You just have faith. This light ain't going to do what it's supposed to do. Right? So it's not. don't come and say you don't have a problem with faith. What your problem is, is the object of your faith. That's where your problem lies in. You put faith in your doctor, do you not? I mean, you, you go when you get sick, you go to the doctor. Why? Because I have some faith in my doctor. 
And we go and we see all these other things that the world provided for us and that we put our faith in. But here, so for some reason, we have an issue that when I come and I have a problem, that it's a helpless situation. I've tried to turn over a new leaf. I've tried to go ahead and get my counseling. I've tried to AA and NA meetings. I've tried all of that, but I keep on having this withered hand. And, and but, uh, but then when we say, well, all you need to do is stretch out your hand. I can't stretch out my hand uh, because I've had this problem for years. It's been haunting me. It's been plaguing me. It's a besetting sin. But the Bible is quite clear. Jesus says, stretch out your hand. Just stretch out your hand. Faith, faith that he will do what he's already said. David understood that. When David said, oh, create in me a new heart, Ezekiel had already given the answer. The Lord says, I will create a new heart in you. But we also see uh, that uh, any meat may ever need. Well, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 19 says that he will meet every need. My God uh, will supply all of your needs. See, the answer's already there. Notice he says, all. All. In the Greek language, the word all means all. It means every need that's represented here this morning, God has already supplied the need for you to overcome it. Does anybody here today really believe that? That He can take care of my needs. I'm one. He can take care of my needs. He supplied everything I need. He will meet my need. You're here today and you have a problem with temptation. Go ahead and fill in the blank to what your temptation is. Can He really help me overcome my temptation? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse number 13 says He has provided a way of escape for you. You can overcome your temptation. The answer has already been given. God will provide a way of escape for you. Here's the problem. The problem is that you have not found that way of escape. The problem is that you haven't stretched out your hand. The problem is that you have a faith issue and you really don't believe what God's Word says. My dear friend, I'm telling you, the authority of the Word of God, it says that He will provide a way of escape from you. You can overcome temptation. But we also see it in Jude 24, it says that He is able, He is able to keep you from falling. I don't know about you this morning. There's someone with a withered hand. And temptation, it seems like you can never, uh, you're always defeated. You, you're coming and says, well, Satan knows my weakness, but I really don't know what to do with it. Stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. It's just kind and saying, I trust what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says He will provide and He is able to keep me from falling. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm grateful that when I came with my withered hand and when I obeyed His command and I stretched forth my hand, He met my need and He provided everything I need to be an overcomer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to testify to the fact that he has provided a way of escape for you. He has made you an overcomer of the temptation. Somebody here needs to say, I stretched out my hand and He took care of my need that I opened up to Him. But then we see, 
There's the command. There is the command that was spoken. Notice here, Jesus didn't come and say, okay, rub your hand seven times. Didn't say that. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to be able to meet this need, but you need to go ahead and call your physical therapist. Okay, you need to go and do whatever the physical therapist uh, says to do. Uh, He didn't say, uh, well, you just need to go and find you a preacher. And you need to sit down with that preacher and y'all need to talk about this thing. He didn't say, go and wash your hand. He was a very simple command. He said, stretch out your hand. That's all he said. Stretch out your hand. See, the problem with us is we let our intellect overrule our faith at times. See, we, we say, yeah, I believe it. Well, uh, you know, Brother Mike, here's my weathered, uh, weathered hand. I just have not come to where I'm tidy. I know you've commanded me to do it. I know that uh, you said that I need to do it. I've heard testimonies, uh, those who said that uh, when they've been been obedient to that command, uh, God has been faithful to them, and I understand that. But I'm just letting you know, Brother Mike, I sit down at the kitchen table, me and my wife, and we got us a legal pad, and we started listing all of our bills, and we started listing all of our income. Now, Brother Mike, I do believe God honors that, but I I really believe that they probably weren't as poor a financial shape as we were because when I put that legal pad, I saw uh, that all my bills and all the income, that if I started tithing, uh, that I'm going to have to miss some of my bills. Been there. Especially being newly married and in school. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. We wrestled with that one. We even tried to justify not doing it. Well, God understands I'm in Bible school. God understands we don't have that money coming in. He, he, he understands all that. Then I got convicted. The Holy Spirit says, do you believe me or not? Do you believe me or not? That's why all this comes down to. Do you believe me or not? I said, Lord, I believe you. I'm telling you, God will honor that. You just have to do it by faith. There's a lot of things we could go on and talk about how we try to rationalize things and we, we try to do it. And, oh, but the bottom line is, do you believe them or not? I mean, let's just, just go ahead. This is going to be very, very simple. Do you believe Him or not? You come today and you have a withered hand. And He's telling you today, stretch it out. But that just doesn't make any sense. Do you believe Him or not? A lot of things. The Bible says His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so here, notice... In the Gospel of Mark, we're going to see the answer the man gave. Now, this is very deep theologically, and it's going to take some time to get through this because it's, uh, it's just so much in it. So the man heard the command, and the Gospel of Mark says, Y'all ready for this? He did so. 
is that all he said? Did, would, shouldn't there be some explanation here? No, he said he did so. He just did what he was told. Sometimes we complicate things, don't we? God's Word says, I have done this. I've supplied your need. I will take care of you. You will not. He says, look at the birds and look at the flowers. Look how I've taken care of them. How much more so will I take care of one of my children? Just believe them. And he did so. He didn't go and get a theologian in on this. He didn't go and say, well, uh, you know, there's needs to be. He just did what he was told to do. And that's where you're at this morning. There is no magic wand that's going to be waved. We're not going to go ahead and say, you need to do this. What we're saying to you today is, stretch forth your hand. It's left up to you what you do with that. Just do it. Some of you... I hear that you've been wrestling with things for so long and you've tried everything. You even started coming to church thinking, well, if I just come to church. Listen, just coming to church, that is not going... You're going to have to place your trust and you're going to have to do what the Lord Jesus told you to do. Just do what He tells you. I don't know why it's so complicated for us. Just do what He tells us to do. But we want to start rationalizing. We start wanting to say, well, I'm a realist in this thing. I understand. But faith, and I'm not talking about just blind faith. I'm not talking about, okay, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. So I'm going to get to the top of this building this afternoon and I'm going to jump off. And as I'm going down to the ground, I'm going to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I can do all... (laughs) And they're going to say, why did he do that? that? That's not what kind of faith we're talking about. This is not blind faith. It's quite clear. It says, stretch out your hand. And the man did what he was told to do. Now, you're here. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've beat around the bush. You, you try to put on uh, a friendly face. You, you show up sometimes at church. You even have a Bible on your coffee table. And sometimes you read your Bible and you're just kind of skirting around the issue here. But you need, and then you're thinking, well, Jesus, I I don't know. I've asked him some things. Uh, uh, He knows the situation I'm in, but he really hadn't done anything for me. But you have not placed your faith. You have not done what he's told you to do. In Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 9 and 10, I'm paraphrasing here. It says, you need to confess. You need to repent of your sins. Now that's the one that gets, they've done everything else, but they really truly haven't repented and truly confessed. Confession is you're agreeing to what God has already said about you. What has He said about us? He says that we are in darkness. He says we're dead in our trespasses. 
He says that we deserve death in hell. He says that we are sinners by nature and by choice. That's what I'm agreeing to. I am. I'm a confessing, Lord Jesus. You're exactly what. What your word says, that's where I'm at. But also, confession leads into believe. Believe in your heart. What are you believing? That He is who He says He is. That He did die for my sins. That He did was placed in the grave, but rose in victory on the third day. That He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And then when you go to verse number 13, it says, And who shall ever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a period after that word saved. That means that you don't have to be baptized to be saved. It says you confess it, you believe it, you just agree what God said about it, and you agree that you have been saved. Why do you say that you can do that? It's because God says I am saved because I've done what He's told me to do. How? I mean, this is simple. It's easy. Oh, well, you know, but I don't understand the Scriptures. I don't. Hey, welcome to the club. None of us have arrived. We all have learning to do. That's not the question. The question is, are you just taking Him at His word? I'm taking Him at His word. You're here today. And you're battling some demons in your life. And you're in a hopeless situation. You've tried church. You got hot for God there for a little while. Now you've gotten kind of cold and indifferent. You've kind of walked away. You have a withered hand. And it's crippling you for being what you need to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some here today. Let's go ahead and let's just be transparent this morning. We're at a place in our time in our church where I believe that we have withered hands and it's called being lukewarm. We ain't that hot for God anymore. Last few visitations, two or three people showed up. We've had other events. Majority said, eh, we've done that before. So I'll just go ahead and I'll show up every once in a while and I'll go ahead and do what I want to do, but when uh, I don't have anything else to do, I'll show up. You've got a withered hand. You've gotten cold and indifferent to the things of God. And that is a horrible, horrible place to be in. Because the longer you stay there, the further away from God you get. And I'm just going to be honest with you. We have not responded the way we should be responding. We just flat hadn't done it. Now, I'm not here to fuss. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm just here to be honest with you. We become lukewarm. Let's just ride this thing out. Just ride this thing out. You think that pleases God? We got a withered hand. And we're fixing to come in an invitation to where many just need to come and listen to what God says. And God says, stretch forth your hand. Notice here, 
The man's hand was crippled. He could not grip anything. He could not grasp anything. That's exactly where many of you are. You've become spiritually crippled. And you're not grasping the things of God like you used to. And He says, stretch out your hand. When I stretch out my hand, that it helps me to recognize that I'm ready to receive something. Are you ready to receive something this morning? You in the balcony, are you ready to stretch out your hands? Are you ready to receive the blessings that God has in store for you and the blessings that you've missed because you've been walking around with a withered hand and you've not listened to the command and been obedient to the command where He says, stretch your hand out. I don't know about you, but I'm so sick and tired of just going through the motions. I want to open my hands and I want to say, Lord, let the windows of heaven open up. And Lord, bless me. But not bless me just because I'm selfish, but bless me so I can go and bless others. Church, that's where we're at. We've withered our hands and we're carrying our hands And we're not able to stretch our hands out and say, Lord, we want to be a blessing to this community. Lord, we want to see this community come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, we are wanting to be light. We're wanting to be salt. But we've got to stretch out our hands. What are you going to do? What are you going to do this morning when this invitation is given? Are you going to continue walking around that withered hand? Are you willing to come and say, Lord, I stretch out my hand. I want all of you. I want to grasp what you have in store for us here at Hillcrest Baptist Church.